Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Buffalo Shots Podcast. Hello again and welcome to another Horror Shots Podcast with me, Casey. Now unfortunately I have to start this show off on a very, very sad note. Yesterday, a good friend of mine died. Now you may be sad thinking, oh, this is one of your best friends, something like that. And while she was a very good friend, one of the best, she wasn't a human. She was my pet cat. Unfortunately, Shelby succumbed to a fight with cancer. And if we had to make the decision, my wife and I, to end her misery, end her suffering. It's a very, very sad day. It's the first pet we've lost together, my wife and I again. And while I've put down or have lost many in the past, it's never easy. It's always very difficult. So this episode is dedicated to Shelby, my big fat furball, who's getting all the treats and pets and cuddles wherever she is now. It's a happy thought, but still a very, very sad, sad day and a sad, sad time. And that got me thinking. With the recent release of the Pet Cemetery remake, got me thinking about Resurrections. Now, everybody knows about Resurrections. It's one of the main points of the Bible, Judgment Day and the Second Coming of Christ. But there's more, there's other ones, there's all throughout the world, and are they necessarily a good thing? Now this cast is going to be a little bit different, I'm not going to read so much from various websites, I'm just going to kind of pull together what I know of Resurrections, where they come from, and really who believes in them. Now, in case you don't know what a Resurrection exactly is, it's essentially when something dies and it's brought back to life, and that could be through dark magics like necromancy, religious beliefs, prophets, people with just any sort of supernatural or magical abilities. Most people are familiar with the resurrection of Christ, as I mentioned. And some aren't. Some are just kind of familiar with what they see in video games and pop culture. But I'm pretty sure Jesus is the most popular one and his sort of prophecy or destiny to come back and enter rapture and all that sort of fun, drastic dreary stuff but jesus himself was sort of a necromancer he brought back lazarus now most people are familiar with that name as well and it's essentially jesus bringing back a guy from the dead but it goes back way way before that ancient religions believed in it as well the concept of resurrection is found in the writings of some ancient non-abrahamaic religions in the middle east a few Extant Egyptian and Canaanite writings allude to dying and rising gods, such as Osiris and Baal. Sir James Fraser, in his book The Golden Bow, relates to these dying and rising gods, but many of his examples, according to various scholars, distort the sources. Taking a more positive position, Trigov Medinger argues in his recent book that the category of rise and return to life is significant, for the following deities. Ugatric, 
Baal, Melkart, Adonis, Eshman, Osiris, and Demuzi. Now, it wasn't just the Egyptians who believed in it, but uh, many other ancient sort of religions and cultures did as well, including the ancient Greeks. In ancient Greek, a number of men and women were made physically immortal as they were resurrected from the dead. Asepius was killed by Zeus, only to be resurrected and transformed into a major deity. Achilles, after being killed, was snatched from his funeral pyre by his divine mother, Thetis, and resurrected, brought to an immortal existence in either Lucis, Elysian Plains, or the Island of the Blessed. Memnon was also killed by Achilles, and he seemed to have received a similar fate. The list goes on and on about the various people and deities, or deities, however you want to say it, that have died and come back. Now, believe in it what you will, resurrection does have concepts all over the world, and it could be anything from straight resurrection, wherein the same body is inhabited by supposedly the same soul and thrown back into life. Others have reincarnation, such as some of the Indian religions like Hinduism or Buddhism. Now, there's one very important question that still needs to be asked. Is it such a good idea to bring something back from the dead? While it may sound like a great idea at the time to bring back your childhood pet or a lost loved one, something happens when you die. A flame goes out, a spark is extinguished, whatever you want to call it. Something happens to the body, to the mind, and to the proverbial soul, or even the literal soul if there is one. Now, obviously, I've never been dead, and very few people have actually died and come back to tell anything about it. But those who have have usually died, you know, for a minute or two and then were resurrected, quote-unquote resurrected again by some sort of medical intervention. And all those people who have died and come back do kind of say the same sort of stuff, don't they? They say they've seen a white light, or they're seeing family and friends, lost loved ones, great-grandparents, grandparents, anybody who's been close to them who have died in the past. They say they've seen them all. But how? Well, there's a very simple explanation to it, and it doesn't have anything to do with the supernatural or metaphysical. It's pretty much just your brain firing. It's very last firings. When you die, apparently, I'm not a doctor, but from what I've heard in psychology classes I've taken throughout the years, is that when you die, your brain fires very, very quickly. Synapses go, things get nuts and crazy, it's all electrical up there, and things just kind of go... So during all those firings, you're starting to see things. It would make sense that you see a white light when there's a hundred thousand millions of electrons and neutrons and whatever else is in your brain going off at the same time, kind of like a big camera flash. It plays with your senses. It plays with your sense of being and your state of mind. They also see family and friends because that's maybe who they're thinking about. They know they're dying. It's their last moments. Subconsciously or consciously, their brain is going, hmm. Yeah, you know what? It would be nice to see Grandpa again. It's been years. I wonder if he's still the same. Oh, hey, look, there's Grandpa. Oh, okay, there's a white light behind him. Uh-oh, this isn't good. So you think, yeah, it's got to be divine intervention, right? And no. Sadly not. It's just sort of a, a physical and physiological reaction to dying. 
And then when you're brought back to life, you still retain those sort of memories. Or it's the power of suggestion. They've heard the story of the white light when you're dying, so that's what they think they see. But really, it might just be nothing. It could be just blackness. Or maybe it is a religious experience, and maybe, just maybe, they are feeling these things, and it's real, and these people are actually getting to see their God in action doing his thing, or her thing, or its thing, or whatever you believe in. I'm not going to take anybody's beliefs away from them. That is 100% not my goal in this podcast. But the idea of bringing somebody back from the dead just has a whole lot of really awkward and very strange and scary implications. All we have to do is look at Pet Cemetery, Stephen King's book, the original movie, and then the remake. All has to do with the idea of when you die, you lose a piece of you. If not the whole thing, obviously. But if you bring something back, how can you be certain you're putting the right soul into the right body? Now, this has been played off on numerous, and I mean numerous, TV shows and movies and all sorts of media and entertainment through the years where something dies, you bring it back. It may not be the same as it was before whatever happened. Even the Justice League movie touched on that with Superman coming back. He wasn't quite the same at the beginning, and they were all very much worried about how he was going to be when he came back. Now, personally, I've lost, like I said, a few pets in my time, a grandparent, and, you know, there's people who I'd like to see back in this world that I've never met. Role models, athletes, celebrities, people who I got entertainment out of. But if actually faced with the option of bringing, say, Shelby back from the dead, I'm not sure I would. Too many things can go wrong. Too many aspects of life can change dramatically. Nothing good can come from raising the dead. And who knows, maybe you lose a little bit of yourself if you were to actually accomplish the feat. Now, oh, about a year ago, give or take, I did a podcast on necromancy, and there is a book that describes how necromancy can be accomplished. You have to become more or less one with death. You have to travel with them to a different plane through astral projection in the middle of the night, in the middle of the woods, or in a crypt, or something like that. Something quiet and dark, and preferably around death. Now, should you accomplish this? It does go on to state, not in so many words, and not very literally, but it does kind of hint that, eh, you better be careful with what you're playing with, because you could let the wrong thing in. You could lose a little bit of yourself when bringing something back. Now, what's dead should stay dead. I think that's something everybody can agree upon. After all, you never know what might happen, as I just mentioned. whole lot of different scenarios, and maybe even zombies. We wouldn't want zombies kicking around, would we? I think we've all seen The Walking Dead. We know what can happen when zombies arise. Now, while I was reading and doing a little bit of research about resurrection, I came across some very interesting theories and topics that aren't spiritual, that aren't religious, such as cryogenics. Freezing somebody to the point where their heart is just kind of alive but not really doing much, and then bringing those people back to life. Kind of how people think Walt Disney is still in like a, a vault somewhere, kind of just kicking around doing nothing but just frozen until the day they decide to revive him somehow would that count biologically are they dead is the brain still functioning i don't know enough about it 
but it sounds like it's very similar. You're cold and in a dark sort of tomb, potentially, sort of thing. And what about clones? Or uploading your thoughts and memories, kind of like Altered Carbon, the Netflix show that came out seven, eight months ago. Does that count? If you die and your memories and your brain and your sort of personality and all that gets uploaded to a server and then you know, reinserted or downloaded or injected into another person or a, a former corpse or something, does that count as resurrection? Is it just the body we're talking about? Or is it the mind, body, soul? Does it have to be two-thirds? Does it have to be half? Does it have to just be one aspect of who you are? you got to remember, there are organ transplants. And a dying person could save somebody with their organs, should they be a donor. And technically, you kind of live on within that person. And people have said countless times that there are connections between the donor's family and the recipient. I remember a story not too long ago where a young male got this guy's daughter's heart after she was hit by a bus or she died unexpectedly. Something happened to her. I'm not sure what. But he got this heart and he survived and they became very, very close. And the first time they met was a very emotional moment. The dad of the recently deceased girl got very emotional and gave the young boy a hug. He didn't seem to know what to do. It looked like anyway, but it soon, you know, he embraced the moment and thought, oh, this is actually kind of a unique and exciting moment in life. It's never going to happen again to either of these people. And if it does, there's some bad luck going on for both sides and some good luck, I guess. But does that count as resurrection? I, that would be probably a form of living on. A part of that person is still alive and ticking for all intents and purposes. I mean, that heart is still beating just in somebody else's chest. It's an interesting thought when you think about it. What about when they get to maybe brain transplants? I don't know if that's ever going to be a thing. But there's always potential for something crazy like that out there. I mean, if science fiction has taught us anything, it's that there's nothing off limits. Things that we saw in Star Trek in the 80s have come to fruition. Predictions from the scientific or science fiction novelists and authors and creators have come true. Now, what about the idea of a genetic twin? What if you could take a piece of your DNA and stick it in some storage unit, and when you die, they just grow you again? You have all the same memories that you had up until the point you donated, I guess, this DNA or brain matter or whatever. So you don't remember your own death. You just kind of keep on living like the past week didn't happen. If they grow you in a tube and your memories are all intact from the past 20 years of your life and you died at, you know, 20 years one day, you're not going to remember that day. But that's not a big loss. And does that mean you could live forever? And that brings a whole new idea to the theory of immortality. Not too many people are immortal. Probably nobody's immortal that we know of. But then again, there are supernatural forces and beings and all sorts of fun stuff out there that could very well be immortal and we just don't know about it. It's been theorized enough. It's been conceptualized enough in media and mainstream content. But if only your physical body can die, does that make you immortal? If your emotions and your memories and all that sort of live on? It's hard to say. I don't have the answers to these things. I'm just asking a whole lot of different questions. Questions which I hope maybe somebody out there has the answer to. 
I would really very much like to hear from anybody who may have had a near-death experience or maybe has been resurrected in some way, shape, or form. You know, maybe you did die for a minute or two. I want to hear about your experience firsthand. I've never heard of it firsthand, only through different media stories or reading on the internet or something crazy like that. Truly, truly fascinating to talk to somebody like that. If you're an expert in any of the things I've talked about today, hit me up. Throw me an email at horrorshotspodcast at gmail.com. Contact me through my website at horrorshots.com. Drop me a DM on Twitter or Instagram. Twitter being horrorshotspod and Instagram being horrorshotsphotography. Or even on Facebook. You can send me a message through there, I think. And that's at uh, facebook.com slash horrorshots. I check all of those avenues all the time. Feel free to hit me up on any of that. As always, if you like what you heard, please, please, please leave a review. Reviews help so much in getting little podcasts like mine discovered and put out there. Maybe one day I can compete with the likes of Astonishing Legends or Joe Rogan. Who knows? Anything can happen. Once again, this episode is very much dedicated to my lovely, lovely cat, Shelby, who will be sorely missed. Things just aren't going to be the same without her kicking her out anymore. She was, after all, the happiest and most innocent cat, pet, animal I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. All she wanted to do was lay with you and purr. All you had to do was look at her, and she would purr. She's going to be sorely missed. Rest in peace, Shelby. Until next week.